0: Five o'clock in Pirate Country, and ninety-four-three. The game is going to get you home with the P-Man.
1: Five, four, three, two, one.
0: Lock it in. And turn it up. It's time for the Patrick Johnson Show on ninety-four-three. The game. This is the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. <laughs> Everybody, it's great to have you with us. Half hour on this uh, Wednesday, the Hump Day edition. Toughest uh, shift in radio today, just 30 minutes. Uh, Brian Mulse slated to join us here in just a few minutes. Uh, Coming up in uh, just seconds, comments from Joe Dooley, as ECU will play host tonight to the Houston Cougars, number five in the national polls. Pirates have not beaten Houston in five seasons, or at least since 2015. 6 o'clock, the tip time, 5.30, the airtime here on 94.3, the game at 107.9 WNCT. 12th year man, Joe Dooley, looking for his 200th career win. And boy, what it would uh, mean to get that tonight, uh, as he has yet to beat Houston in his time at ECU. As for Kelvin Sampson. 9-1 9-1 against the Pirates all time in his career, the UNC Pembroke alum, or at least when Coach Sampson was there, Pembroke State. Sampson winning over 650 games in his 32-year career overall and over 150 in his time at the helm of the Cougars program. Pirates trying to snap a nine, or rather a five-game slide uh, overall, nine-game slide to the Cougars, as we mentioned have not beaten them since 2015. And ECU is expected to have Tyree Jackson back uh, tonight, so we're expecting a full, healthy uh, roster for East Carolina. All right, so without any further ado, uh, let's pick up some comments uh, from Joe Dooley, made via Zoom on uh, Tuesday before this matchup tonight against the Cougars coming up at 6 o'clock here on the game. So I brought this up on Monday's show. Uh, I thought having Joe Dooley back on the sideline against Tulsa uh, really allowed the Pirates to be in that game. It started to get away from them a little bit in the second half. Coach, with a well-taken timeout, Pirates came back, and then it was nip and tuck again. ECU just couldn't execute down the stretch. Uh, the great Billy Weaver asking Coach uh, Dooley about his presence back on the sideline, and did he feel like that the team responded well to that uh, last timeout over the weekend against Tulsa?
1: We've got a lot of, I think most of us, probably as people, are a little bit of creatures of habit. And when you go out there and, you know, it's, it, it feels a little bit different, you know, it might be a little bit different when a guy's out for a day or two at the sprained ankle, you, you don't miss them. But when, you know, I missed the, what, the first eight practices after Christmas. And then in a weird deal, I hadn't been in person in front of our team until last Friday since December, since January 13th. So that that's different for the kids. And, and they're looking and they're trying now, you know, you can zoom, which is good, but you know when you step out of bounds or when you make a boneheaded play and I'm watching on zoom like the voice isn't as de- the same off of zoom as it is when you're yelling hey what are you doing when you're standing at a half quarter I think the things would be about like being able to walk over and pat a guy on the back or ask him how they're doing in person is entirely different. you know you can text you can zoom but I, I it's I, I think it was different for those guys and Uh, they're looking for direction and the assistants have to get direction, but they're also looking, Hey, where's, you know, and as a head coach, you feel guilty. I know I didn't do anything wrong, but you feel like, Hey, I should be there leading these guys and you're sitting at home and there's not much you can do. So it's a disappointing or a a bad feeling as a coach not being able to help your guys. Also.
0: Joe, you've talked a little bit about, you know, execution throughout the season, bad possessions, uh, bad shots being almost as bad as a, a turnover. Last couple of games, it's been execution down the stretch. What, what are some things, you know, that you all as a staff can do to, to maybe improve that? Cause they've had opportunities the last two games in the final possessions.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, we we've talked about it and, and you will know, continue to work on offensive execution and, and time score situation, you know, uh, opportunities. We, we, we do, we, we do work on that. We will continue to work on it. Part of us learning how to win. I mean, I, I, and I said this to our guys yesterday, I said, guys, we're still trying to figure ourselves out. We've played 13 games and it's February, you usually play 13 games in the out of conference schedule. So figuring your team out and then we've had some guys in and out, um, you know, you know, he's in today, he's out. So just from a continuity standpoint of trying to get, uh, you know, what are you going to run? Uh, you know, we went to, you know, into the Memphis game where you're, where we're taking guys and you're saying, Hey, what four plays can we run with those guys? Cause they haven't played this position before. So that, that changes a little bit about what you're trying to do. Now, at the end of the game, you've got to get the ball in the best player's hands. Now, sometimes the other team takes the ball out of your best player's hands. So you have to have a, you know, a plan where another guy's you know, able to step up, make a play, or put people in position to make plays for one another.
0: Joe Dooley talking to the media on Tuesday. He was asked uh, yesterday about what his team needs to do to be able to give uh, the Cougars, who are 15-1 and
1: one overall, a game. I think the big thing tomorrow is obviously going to be not turning the ball over and rebound the ball. That Those sound very simple, but that those are really, because if you don't turn it over, it eliminates some of the transition. Um, and we're going to have to guard the three point line. Cause what happens is with Sasser and Grimes and those guys shooting a lot of threes, it also leads to a lot of long rebounds, which means there's the, you know, once the, once the ball is shot, that's where the possession begins.
0: Joe Tristan, um, I know he had the timeout, but is a little? It's kind of struggled. It seems been a little inconsistent all year. Anything you've been able to put your finger on with that, aside from you know just missing that amount of time that he missed earlier?
1: Well, he's had a little. He's he's been out. Uh, he's had a little knee soreness. Uh, I, I think that uh, you know we've talked about you know playing he and Trey a little bit more. You know, playing those two guys together, but maybe playing him on the ball a little bit more. Um, and, and I do think that. Uh, you know when he he came back he was out for 16 days came back and his knees started bothering him so we shut down a little bit more and then um and then we paused for a little bit and i mean so that's you know you start looking at 20 something days i mean we we did the math on tyree tyree was in contact tracing twice that was 14 days times two is 28 days and then 15 days here with you know being out so you think about that during the season guys i mean you know that's that's a lot of days to be quarantined and I don't, I'm not the smartest guy, but my, something tells me my offensive rhythm or my game wouldn't be in sync, you know, when you've been in, when you've been in the cooler that long.
0: These things are always kind of scattershot. This is a question uh, that was asked about the tempo that coach wants for tonight's game.
1: Well, I think the, 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 the tempo is going to be determined by, you know, if we can get some stops and rebound the ball. You still have to be opportunistic offensively because if you stand and try to grind it out every possession, you know, the, the, they're terrific defensively. Now, uh, defensively, you know, they are pretty deliberate uh, offensively. They are pretty deliberate. They run their stuff. Uh, they're opportunistic. Obviously, they'll push it in transition off of turnovers and, and rebounds. But uh, they are a you know a multiple ball screen. The bigs do a good job of slipping ball screens, and and they, they do run a good pace offensively. So we just got to be ready possession uh, to defend long possessions.
0: All right, stay tuned. Brian Mull joins us uh, in just a moment here. We're going to five thirty, leading you into network coverage of ECU, and. Houston, nationally ranked number five of the country tonight from Williams Arena, Minji's Coliseum. It's a 6 o'clock tip, 5.30 airtime on the network. We're driving you there. We'll talk some ball with Brian Mull straight ahead. More of the Patrick Johnson Show is coming up. We want
2: more. Like, you really like it. You right. want
0: more. On your flagship home of Pirate Baseball, 94.3 The Game and 94.3thegame.com. What's happening? i will tell you what's
1: happening. Log on to our new website, 94.3thegame.com, for PJ shot podcasts and the latest news on the Pirates. This is happening. Now, back to Patrick Johnson on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The
0: Game. Our coverage of ECU number 5 Houston from Williams Arena, Minji's Coliseum. Coming your way with the network, 6 o'clock tip tonight. We're leading you in here. Special edition of the Patrick Johnson Show. Hello to Brian Mull, our friend who covers college hoops. And uh, we've got uh, the Cougars returning to uh, Greenville. They came in last year and uh, put on an absolute clinic, Brian. And uh, here we are this year with Kelvin Sampson's bunch ranked in the top five in the country
2: uh yeah i'm good to see you patrick and um boy i remember we were we were sitting there in the uh in the hallway outside of you know and and watching houston come in off the bus and both of us kind of looked at one another having seen a few basketball teams and and this looks like a pretty impressive team and and then certainly they showed that on the court a couple hours later and man if they just continued to to just roll through their schedule uh I mean, we could be talking about the Houston Cougars as a potential number one seed, depending on how things things fall. Yeah, uh, I, yeah. I think I, I think they're going to regret, uh, the, you know, not playing a little stronger non conference schedule. But uh, you know, in their defense, a couple of the teams that they they played just have underachieved a little, and that win over Texas Tech will will, will resonate on Selection Sunday. But I mean, what a dominant there's just dominating the American right
0: now. Winners of eight in a row, 10 and one in the league, 15 and one overall, uh, that Texas tech win, as you, uh, mentioned, and, uh, they are coming off uh, a win last time out against SMU. In fact, uh, an impressive win against SMU Sunday, 70 to 48. They have just blown by the competition, but, uh, you know, SMU is a pretty good basketball team. So to, to beat them says quite a bit, uh, they got the game uh, this evening in Greenville. Then they go next Wednesday on the road at USF. Uh, and then the big matchup on Valentine's Day against Memphis, who right now probably, you know, pound for pound might be the group that can uh, that can keep up with them uh, the best. They've also got another matchup to close the season against Memphis. So uh, it's not exactly a um, – we got a trip to Wichita in there as well. So this isn't exactly a, a primrose path, if you will. For the Cougars, they're going to get some tests, I think. But uh, right now, they've been kind of the class of the of the league. What makes them so good this year, in your opinion? Who's doing it for them?
2: Well, uh, they they got Quentin Grimes back, um, you know, after he missed a couple of games, and and he's certainly a big part of what they they do. But I, I just think it's a testament to to the program that uh, Sampson has built there. It doesn't seem. Uh, to matter from year to year the, the, over these last three or four years, exactly uh, you know Marcus Fasser's been very good for them a sophomore, but they they're just the defensively their defensive buy in I mean they held a a a good s m u offense a top forty nationally offense the second best offense in the American to forty eight and sixty points in the two games you know that they faced them and um they're they're uh, back in Palm. They're, they're the number two defensive team in the country. And they look like it. And it, it just seems like any time I've watched the Cougars, it's an absolute struggle for the opponent to get a basket. And and, and stringing together, you can just forget uh, any type of, uh, you know, an offensive end, they take care of the ball and they take good shots and, the, and they get to the free throw line. And uh, you do those things consistently, you're going to have over 40 minutes. You're going to – be very good as they are with good
0: players in their recent uh, one of their recent games brian as uh, brian mall joins us here uh, ecu in houston from uh, greenville coming up top of the hour we're uh, leading you in the network coverage here at the bottom uh they held Tulane lane to 14 first half points they're limiting opponents to 36 percent from the floor they're out rebounding opponents by 10 what's amazing about that uh, to me is it's a i mean it's a complete effort it's not like one guy is their dominant rebounder They crash the backboards collectively. Joe Dooley's talked about that's got to be a must in this game tonight just to have a prayer. And he said, they're going to body you so hard, they might knock you onto Greenville Boulevard. They're physical (laughs) with the way that – and they go after – they get after you defensively and on the backboards, as you say, with kind of a ruthless aggression.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, one of the nation's best offensive rebounding teams by certain metrics, the best. Um, If they have a weakness, it's the fouling. You know, because they play so hard and physically, uh, they they put teams on the free throw line at a pretty high rate. And um, you know, they're not a great. The Cougars are not a great shooting team either from three or two. Um, But when you're collecting forty percent of your missed shots, which is what they are on the season, uh, you know, and getting to the free throw line, you're, you're you're creating a lot of opportunities to score. And and certainly their defense forces a fair share of turnovers. So. You know, at the end of the game, they're going to end up probably on an average night with eight or ten more field goal attempts than their opponent, and, you know, that's a nice head start to, to victory.
0: Well, especially as you get into the postseason and the possessions become more precious and the possessions become, uh, in some ways, limited uh,
2: in a game. And, and teams miss more shots. Yeah. I mean, you know, teams get tight, and, and you know, the three-point, the teams have kind of lived on the three-point shot, uh, you know, the basket shrinks a little bit, and, and teams that are built like Houston are, are, are geared, you know, they're, they're they're wired for the brackets.
0: Uh, Brian Mull with us here. We're talking ECU in Houston. Uh, we'll get a little, some other college basketball in as time allows here. Uh, give me your uh, thoughts on the Pirate team. I know you've kept up with Joe's team uh, as you do each year. Uh, right now, this is just a team trying to get back into some kind of offensive rhythm. Tough way to do that tonight with uh, the opponent on the schedule uh, that they have, but you know, I, I look at ECU. They've been in the last two games. They just haven't been able to execute, and that's uh, that's unfortunate.
2: Yeah, you've their offensive numbers are not good in conference. I mean, you, you've got to be able to uh, – I think their defense has been adequate. It was not good uh, the last game against Tulsa. But I think up until that point, their, their defense has been, been adequate. Um certainly Memphis probably had their best three-point shooting game of the season against them. But those things are going to happen. But I think, you know, from an execution standpoint, pretty solid. But, uh, you know, you look at some of the shooting numbers for the Pirates, um, 27% roughly from three in conference, and then uh, not much better from, you know, from two is for eighth in the conference in two-point shooting and then not getting to the free-throw line. Um, and that's just, uh, you know, the points have to come from somewhere. And then turning it over probably a little bit, you know, I know more than Joe would want. So uh, the the, the offense has just really been a problem, you know, uh, 17 of 80 from three over the last four games. Um, You know, it's just tough in in modern college basketball to win when you're just not producing anything. And, you know, they're they're giving up a lot of threes too. So they're really losing that battle every night.
0: Brian Mull uh, with us here. Brian, let's talk about a couple of other uh, games tonight. Uh, that are going on that kind of catch my eye uh, later on we've got uh, Virginia and uh, they're playing in Raleigh against NC State the pack um, dealt a huge blow uh, last week with the Daniels injury and uh, this is a team now that uh, probably is not bound for the NCAA tournament uh, tough loss at Syracuse over the weekend what do, what does NC State need to do to spring a big upset tonight
2: well, they need to hope that, uh, and I have not heard an update uh, today on his status. But they need to hope that DJ Thunderberg, who did not play in that game at Syracuse, is back on on the court. Um, they're they're going to need him uh, going forward, and and he's been kind of off and on. Uh, yeah, the the packs and uh, they're not in good shape. They've lost five of six. Uh, certainly losing Daniels, you know, their best perimeter player, and uh, getting into uh, you know the meaty meaty home stretch, uh, where, you know, where there is some opportunity, but, uh, but, you know, the ACC just doesn't have that top end opportunity, yeah. you know, that offers most years where you're, where you're going to get a top 10 type win. This is it. They, you know, they got Virginia at home. This is a game that, uh, honestly, uh, you know, they can still make the NCAA tournament if they lose tonight, but they can certainly help their chances significantly by, uh, by, by putting this one on their resume, um, Otherwise, when you look at it, it's pretty thin. I mean, their best, their only really other credible win is the is the one over UNC, and and, and after the Tar Heels' performance last night in Clemson, I'm not sure that win. Yeah. You know, Spe- part of
0: Speaking of UNC, uh, it is the uh, Battle of the Blues this weekend from Cameron Indoor, six o'clock Saturday night. You can hear it on 103.7 WTIB and uh, 97.9, 94.1, uh, our sister stations. Uh, from uh, Greenville down towards the coast, uh, we'll have the game covered for you uh, on the radio side Saturday evening. Let me give you an idea. Uh, let me get to your your uh, your thought on this matchup. And uh, the thing I would preface it by saying, and Sean Kress tweeted this out uh, with some great research earlier this morning. It's the first time since 1950 that the two teams come in off losses, unranked. Yeah, I mean, with
2: no fans. It's <laughs> I mean, it's, it's going to be unlike any UNC Duke game uh, in anybody's lifetime that's still walking around. Like, uh, we're, we're so used to the, the best atmosphere, especially when the game's in Cameron, probably of any game of the season, uh, in the regular season. And, um, you know, frenetic pace and not always the prettiest game, but certainly, you know, just the intensity off the charts. And, 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 and typically, uh, more times than not, to top ten teams uh, vying for first place in the ACC and the number one seed out of the East and et cetera and so forth. And and now you have two very broken, young, struggling, inconsistent teams, both of whom uh, I would have told you on Monday morning were, were turning the corner and just went on the road and, and had the just uh, almost inexplicable performances. Not just that they lost, but my word, I mean, Mike Krzyzewski couldn't figure out that he needed to play a zone against the worst three point shooting team in the country until they got down by 10. And then, uh, you know, Carolina could not get the ball inside where they had a huge advantage against Clemson. Just incapable of, of getting the ball inside. So not the best week for, for Kay or Roy, but I'm sure they'll, they'll be on a little better performance on Saturday. Well,
0: look, and you've said this before and we know it, uh, if you have dudes, you're a lot better coach. This team seems on paper to have dudes. It's just not translating over for whatever reason.
2: Uh, are you talking about Carolina or Duke?
0: Both, actually.
2: Yeah, yeah, there's talent. It's young. I'm not sure it fits together. I would say that, um, you know, from a negative standpoint, uh, I think Carolina's guards have been not quite lived up to the billing um, day in and day out. They've had some moments, but uh, they make still make a lot of bad decisions. And I, and I think Duke's interior – it's probably as soft as it's ever been. Um, and not that Johnson and Hurt can't produce on the offensive end, but they're the kind of, yeah, they don't really seem to come up with me the 50, 50 balls or rebounds. And, you know, they may score 20, but they're the guy, their garden's probably going to get 25. So, um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, you lose five on that deal. Like, I, I just don't think, uh I think, you know, Mark Williams is probably their most important player and, should play a lot going forward, but um, yeah, the, the the pieces on either side don't really seem to seem to fit yeah. uh, quite as well as you would hope. But, you know, it's just kind of nature of it. it's been. And it's been a weird year. I mean, let's be honest.
0: All right, I'm going to circle back around. One final thought on uh, the Houston Cougars are playing at ECU tonight. Top of the hour, we'll have the tip. Minutes away from the uh, coverage from the network uh, in, a, in about thirty forty five seconds. Who is who is your four right now? If we kind of had to you know, pick the number one seeds uh, tomorrow? And where does Houston likely, what line is Houston on right now?
2: Well, I think, uh, you know, certainly Baylor and, Gun- and Gonzaga are, are battling for, you know, the, the top two overall seeds and, and have a pretty, they, they, they've got a little bit of wiggle room that they could lose a game or two, you know, here, here or there. And still, um, I think Villanova, is going to win the Big East and, and end up with a very nice record and a lot of good wins, and, and they'll be a number one seed as well. And then, uh, you know, the fourth number one seed is likely to be the Big Ten champion. Um, you know, whether that is uh, whether that's Michigan, um, who, who kind of is the front runner there right now, or uh, Illinois, who who had a nice win, you know, in, in overtime at Indiana and beat Iowa earlier this week. Uh, you know, who, whoever kind of emerges mm-hmm. from from what's probably the strongest league top to bottom uh, in the country. So, so I think that those are the four number one season. I think Houston um, is right there on the number two line. And if there's carnage in the big Ten where they all just kind of beat each other up, uh, you know, they they may have an outside chance. I I just think what's working against the Cougars is their strength of schedule. You know, the big 10 teams are going to have a big advantage there.
0: Hey, Brian, thanks a lot. We appreciate the time. Thank you, Patrick. Have a good one. Depending on who you go with uh, from an odds maker's perspective, the Pirates are a 16-point dog tonight as they uh, host number 5-ranked Houston. Also, uh, games involving teams from the state of North Carolina, uh, Elon James Madison, a game that is already uh, underway. 7 o'clock, Western Carolina will host Chattanooga, UNCG at Citadel at 7. We mentioned Virginia at NC State later on tonight. In the American tonight, couple 8 o'clock games. Tulane at Wichita State, UCF at Memphis. At 9, it is SMU at Tulsa. Bottom of the hour, uh, network coverage. ECU and number 5, Houston. 6 o'clock tip from Williams Arena, Minji's Coliseum. Here at here on 94.3 The Game and 107.9 WNCT. Thanks to Brian Mull. Thanks to our producer, Ben Byram. I'm Patrick Johnson. We'll see you tomorrow. Terrence Comper, former Kansas City Chiefs receiver, will join us. We'll talk Super Bowl 55 with him. That's tomorrow on the Patrick Johnson Show. We'll reach you at 5 on Thursday.